Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Who knew? Y'all, y'all, y'all. Yeah, y'all, 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 y'all. Yeah, man. Oh. <laughs> Did you, you didn't do a song this week. No, no song this week. I didn't no, see. No, I, we, no. Had a, we had a function at the house on Saturday. So oh, I did not, really? Type yeah. of function. Uh, uh, we'll just get to the Brian Jones football oh, phone calls. Oh, don't here. want to talk about the function. No, because it's not. It's not a, a day like this is not the day to okay. talk about the function. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That means I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. Right. Uh, it is college football phone call time. Time for you to talk to Brian Jones when you're watching him on TV, you're probably saying, man, I wish I could call him up and talk to him. Well, now's your chance. At That's right. At 855-212-4CBS. We haven't even got to uh, Chris Forrester yet. Man, I tell you, what a oh. jam, jam-packed day. Woo! Huh? Jam-packed yeah. day. On, speaking of being on the phone. <laughs> yeah. New meaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey's in Alabama on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Corey? Hey, how are y'all? Good, Corey. What's going on, man? Not much. I was just going to see if y'all thought that uh, the top two teams in college football was Alabama and Georgia. Hmm. I'm going to still leave. go with Clemson. Yeah, you can't uh, leave them out. Yeah, Georgia is definitely top five, man. They're I love Georgia. Excellent football. I like their defense a lot. I still believe there's some holes on the offense. If you can shut down that running game and put the onus on from or Easton, it's gonna looks like it's going to be from until something happens where it's not. Uh, I've yet to see him just take over a ball game, and that time that time is going to come uh, in these bigger ball games. All right, guys. I'm All right, Corey. Going. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Right, Thank there you, goes Corey. Corey. As yeah. simple as that. Simple. How about I have a friend who's not a huge college football fan, and on Saturday he comes over, and the game he wants on, he wants to watch Georgia. Out of all the teams, he's like, he's like, put on Georgia. He's that guy. Oh, oh, not big man. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, well, I watch Georgia. He's like, I was like, wow. I mean, I know I like Georgia. Georgia too. Vanderbilt. Yeah, uh-huh. but I was like, it wasn't like a huge right. game. Of course, no. he expected Georgia to roll in that game, and he's like, yeah, just like them. I don't know. They're pretty good. I was like, <laughs> I was, wow, how about Georgia, man? It was massive really? appeal. Georgia on his mind. Making it all the way out to Long Island, Georgia. Uh, 855-212-4CBS. Join the party here. couple of lines still available for you to ask some questions to Brian Jones. It's open phones with Brian Jones. 855-212-4227 as we talk some college football with TJ in Seattle on CBS Sports Radio. What's happening, TJ? Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, my question for Brian was, do you think the Washington Huskies are for real? And what do they got to do to get a primetime game being the fifth-ranked team in the country? <laughs> oh, we were just having that conversation uh, as far as uh, the scheduling uh, of Washington. Of course, uh, their head coach, Chris Peterson, stepped in it last week with his comments or complaints about playing uh, football after dark. I kind of agreed with him. Well, though. I agree with him from a broadcast standpoint. We don't want to stay up late having to watch those ball games. But your your broadcast partner 
you and your broadcast partner made this arrangement, and they're paying you a hell of a lot of money. And Chris Peters said, if you don't like the time slot, you shouldn't have signed up for these ball games. He played some late ball games when he was at Boise because of the broadcasting, He's the media. Tired rights. of it, man. Okay, well, give some of that money back because that's less money for the league if they have a different time slot. And you know, you, you look at this this back and forth now between Peterson. I, I guess it's more uh, back at him. Uh, from his their partner ESPN, everyone was going after him. So Herb Street it, on College Game Day was just going crazy yeah. on on them, you know, saying that they should be thanking ESPN for even broadcasting their games. Uh, and then considering who they've played up to this point, especially the non conference schedule, right? And so speaking of that non conference schedule, uh, during the broadcast, the sideline reporter, whoever that was, put three actual cupcakes on the field. And said, "This is the non-conference schedule." In case, in case you were wondering who uh, the, Rutgers, the non-conference schedule was, Montana and France, Fresno State. So those three, of course, not uh, going to, uh, as you would say, move the needle. No. Uh, and now you're in the conference play, and, and it was Cal who they they whipped up on this past weekend. And you know, we'll, we'll see what time these games start. But you know, they already have a, a, a starting time for a couple games. Their next one is. is Saturday, October 14th uh, versus Arizona State, 10.45 p.m. Oh, then Stanford time, a couple weeks after that, 10.30 p.m. Eastern that, time, right? Yeah, yeah. Eastern. Yeah. Right. So they're late starts, and uh, they signed up for that football after dark. And if they get a different time slot, that's less money for the conference. So not only were you know the media partners upset, but those in the, the Pac-12 office, uh, commissioner's office, they were upset and taken aback by these comments because – Chris Peterson, hey man, if you did, if you didn't want to play any, during this time slot, you shouldn't have taken the gig. Now that being said, I, I tried to stay up late and watch Stanford and Utah, Can't do it. and I, I recorded it and watched the rest of it yesterday morning. And it, 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 a good win for Stanford on the road, but the games are so damn late. You know, unless you out, are out partying, or there's a game on, or they have it on. You know, that's the only only way you're going to stay up and watch those damn games <laughs> if you're out. Party, yeah, party, having to glance up. Yeah. Hold on, girl. Yeah. Wait, Stafford <laughs> on the goal line. <laughs> right. You're Chris Forrester, and you got something that's oh, going to keep you up. Oh, we're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that one. Mark is in Minnesota on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Love the show, guys. Thanks, Mark. What's up? Uh, I just want to know where you guys would rank the Wisconsin Badgers defense in the Big Ten, I guess, or in college football, and uh, listen to your response and go Packers. Oh, oh man. get out of here, Mark. Don't you ever call the show again, man. <laughs> you're, you're in Minnesota, Mark, for crying out loud. Packers. Yeah, seriously. Uh, well, there was only one game that Wisconsin gave up a, a whole ton of points, and that was, well, not a ton, but it was 24 to Northwestern. Right. Only 17 in Nebraska on Saturday. Uh, they are 5-0 and at this juncture. No one had scored on them in the second half until that game versus Northwestern. Uh, so uh, this is another good defense. You have a new D.C., Justin Wilcox. is now Every year, because Aranda left, right? right, right. And then Wilcox left. Uh, yeah, Aranda's at LSU, Wilcox is at Cal, and now you have Jim Leonard, first time being a defensive coordinator, and he'd only been there a year on the staff. And, and so thus far, they're playing pretty well. And of course, they lost a linebacker who's going to be a big part of the, this D at, at the beginning of the season. So uh, where do they rank? Uh, the way Ohio State's playing right now, and Penn State's defense uh, should have had a shutout the other day versus Northwest, and they didn't get it on the road, but still a, a 31-7 victory. I, I would put them right there in that number. They, they play some damn good defense. Uh, so they're right there with Michigan, who has an excellent defense. So 
Yeah, they're one of the top defenses in the conference, but you, you got to look at Penn State. You have to look at Michigan and Ohio State and how they're playing. And even Michigan State. I mean, there's some good damn defense play, being played in, in the uh, the Big Ten. And and everyone always talks about the SEC and how they play defense. Psh, look at the scores these offenses are posting in the, in the SEC. So I don't want to hear anything about no. you're the only conference that plays defense. Bull dookie. And I will preface these comments that you know I love Paul Christ, and he's one of my mm-hmm. favorite guys in That's sports. Guy. Uh, but this is not the first time that Paul Christ went and promoted a guy who was never a defensive coordinator to defensive coordinator, and it didn't work out the first time. When he was at Pitt, he promoted Matt House, who was the D-backs coach, to defensive coordinator, and it was a disaster. It just really didn't work out. He seemed like he was in over his head. So the fact that... Paul Christ said, all right, I'm going to do the same thing again. It's a different guy, different situation. I have faith and didn't think about the situation back with Matt House at, at Pitt was a, is a credit to him, and that's that's not an easy thing to do, to be a guy who has never been a coordinator right. and then thrust into this high level of college football. So whiskey all the way, man. Let's it, go. It, it's working. It's working for them, uh, Mark. I believe that's your name. Let's recall it again with <laughs> yeah. that damn goat Packers stuff. You kidding me? Yeah, I know. Really? You're not going to no. find a lot of Packers love here on this particular program. Nah, they're our daddy, or Aaron Rodgers is. So, well, they're the so. Vikings' father, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, they get around. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the... Aaron Rodgers is the Antonio Cromartie of the yeah. <laughs> He's got many, many children. Yeah. But, I mean, it was a, a, another. <laughs> that is so. <laughs> I mean, he does. I mean, think about it. It's hit me. Okay. Bears. Yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of. Lions. A lot, a lot of babies. Vikings. Mm-hmm. Spreading that seed. Cowboys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them there. And speaking of the defenses, I mean, Ohio State is playing so good right now and i apologize to you because you you and i and we were doing our picks like come on maryland 31 points no way right no way maryland's gonna show up even with pretty bad borden schlager the third string quarter but that'll be fine nope come on nope was it 62 the yeah i think it was 0 and 3 in college and then two and one in the nfl so I, two and four i have no i can't I was even so bad. remember who i, I picked but, so much uh, other stuff i don't even care yeah but ohio <laughs> State it wasn't good i know i was 0 and 3 in college Ohio State's looking like they look like one of the best teams in, in the nation right now. The way they're playing defense, the way JT Barrett is running this offense, they're finally healthy at the running back position, and uh, they they just defensively look uh, tremendous. So uh, it's going to be a great year. Of course, Penn State now has a bye, then they have Michigan, then they go to the horseshoe to take on Ohio State. So a lot of great games left. Alabama, we mentioned Nick Saban going off after the A&M game, and A&M, Bailed themselves pretty nicely. I, I still don't believe the score is indicative of, of how well Alabama controlled uh, that football game. But uh, to just be a one-score deficit uh, for, for the Aggies, uh, a lot of people weren't expecting them to play them so close. But they had a number three and outs, and that's what got Nick Saban all upset. And then he blamed it on the media. That's right. Well, you let us right into it perfectly because I was going to play this audio and and Nick Saban, when he's angry, is always going to show up on Gio and Jones. So here you go. I'm trying to get our players to listen to me instead of listening to you guys. You know, all that stuff you write about how good we are and all that stuff they hear on ESPN, it's like poison. You know what I mean? It's like taking poison, <laughs> like rat poison. All right, so I'm, I'm asking them, are you going to listen to me or are you going to listen to these guys about how good you are? Well, okay. Um, y'all stink. 
You suck. Alabama, you're the worst team on the planet, okay? You're pitiful. You shouldn't even play football anymore. How about you drop your program? Just Let's eliminate that program right now, today. We're going to cancel all the rest of your schedule. Just forfeit everything. You're done. You stink. I agree with Coach Saban. They're horrible. I mean, they can't block. They can't th- three, at, three, three, three and out versus that Aggies defense? You suck. Jalen Hurts. You sorry, my father. You should never play quarterback for anyone ever, ever again. Why do I feel like Nick Saban, if everybody said that Clemson was 10 times better than Alabama, would have, would have a rant, though, about how they're better than them? We, you know, we get disrespected by you guys. I mean, we, we've only done this, 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 and this, and, and, and you're telling us that we're the second-best team in the country? I mean, it just seems there's always going to be something. He's always going to have a cantankerous reaction yep. to the media, but I, I don't think that it's – an automatic response from a team if they hear or read good things about them that they're all of a sudden going to get fat and happy. I mean, if anything, that should be able to motivate you, be like, wow, we can do something special here. And when people commit to Alabama, they expect to be good. Right? They don't expect to be bad. I think where this is more of a, a pothole for a team is one that hasn't experienced success before. And then starts really getting into this. Man, I, we're the first ones to do this. Look at what they're saying about us. This is awesome. We're going to turn things. With Alabama, this is just par for the course. Everybody right. says you're great every year. And, and, and you expect to be great. You're, you're spot on. And the players there, the upperclassmen, they expect you to live up to those expectations. They they they, they know the drill. The players come in there, and those upperclassmen, they're the one that make sure the younger guys are following the straight and narrow, except for, you know, every now and then they get to hang out with Brandon Chicken. But, I mean, you, you know what the deal is when you go to Alabama. They're going to work you hard. They're going to develop you, and you're going to be a damn good football team. You're not sitting there patting yourself on the back. And if you do, those upperclassmen make sure – uh, that you get back in line real quick. So uh, this is – I don't – only Coach, can, Coach Saban can t- tell us why he decided to take this route, but you're not going to go in there getting the big head. Uh, we always talk about don't get soft with success. Well, this is one of the teams that doesn't do that because each and every year they're in the hunt for a national title. Do you hate the fact that Oklahoma lost right before they played Texas? I, I, I love any time Oklahoma loses, but I sort of do because this is just going to piss them off even more as they get ready for the Red River rivalry. When you could have beaten them un- with them being an undefeated team, too. Yeah, well, we, we take it any way we can get it. You beat them undefeated. But it's whatever. sweeter if you're yeah, the team right. that knocks of, them out of, of them. Of course it is. It's always sweeter. But, uh, you know, for the fact that now, you know, they limp into this so in, it, it, with, with that one loss. But they have played they haven't played great defensively their last two times out, so maybe they can keep that trend going. It's an and understatement. Then, and then Texas didn't look great defensively after looking marvelous since that uh, Maryland debacle. Uh, looked terrible the other night, going up against a team that shouldn't have been able to pass on them, but they had wide receivers open time and time again. Going up against that Texas defense, they go into overtime, and Texas finds a way to win. And I think they've settled on their quarterback, Sam. Uh, Ellinger is going to be the guy. He's a tough runner, running through K-State defenders the other night. Uh, yes, there were passes here and there where he looked like a freshman quarterback, which he is, true freshman, but uh, he, 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 he was lights out. Almost 500 yards of total offense by that young man, over 100 yards rushing, 380 passing. Uh, he, he, he's, he's the quarterback. you got to give the keys to this offense to him because he, he's a tough son of a gun, and, and that was a good win, 40-34 to 34 in overtime versus K-State. Need to find a damn kicker. God, uh, rolling. Uh, 
uh, Rowling, whatever the hell your name is. I, see, that's what happens when you can't kick. They don't even know your name. Uh, uh, that was a good win for Texas. TCU, big win. Against West Didn't Virginia. cover. No, no another uh, tight one uh, there. And, and then LSU, you know, 17-16. Speaking of kicking, you got to hold it at an extra point. Spins the ball, and the ball falls away from the finger, and you get the missed extra yep. point. Uh, but a big win for LSU after that showing versus Troy. Looked like a different team, more passion, more energy. They were much physical up front. And uh, that was a good win for them. And then we'll have Auburn and LSU uh, this week on, on CBS. And that should be yeah, a damn good bath. one. Should be a good one. Uh, bloodbath. You think? Oh, yeah. The way Auburn's playing right now? Uh, bloodbath. They look good. Who'd they just beat? Uh, Ole Miss. Yeah, beat up on Ole Miss this week. Auburn's yeah. just better. Uh, better. Better defense they'll be facing. Uh, that unit there for Florida is, is banged up. And better offense they're facing because Felipe French couldn't get anything really going. And, and, and so you got the running game to deal with, and you have a quarterback who can actually hit wide receivers in the numbers. Coming up next, an Andrew Bogish update, some anthem talk, which everybody loves, and then Calais <laughs> Campbell. Live this morning after a big win for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're coming right back. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Because his dad had so much success. It's yeah. like following in that footsteps. Uh-huh. It's like, and he's not LeBron. Yes, he not what is, you told man. me on Friday. Don't discount your pops. Maybe Joe Dumars. <laughs> it's like That's being not, Joe Dumars. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> but not the executive Joe Dumars, the player Joe Dumars. It's just right. very tough to follow in those footsteps. Be like, oh, here comes another Masaglia. Mm. So, can he live up to the hype? Pete, you want to put the pot all the way down so we're not hearing any bit of the music? Like, yeah. mm. It's down. Okay, thanks, Pete. Have we checked uh, Mr. Masaglia's Twitter timeline? In no, a while? we haven't, no. right? No, not recently. That was an interesting day when I found it. He was like a troll. Yeah, it's he- funny though. He tweeted Howard Stern, and Stern called him. What? He really did. He called him. He was asking and soliciting for calls. I forget which holiday, and Howard called Oh, I my remember dad's house. that. Yeah, I actually he did. do he remember. He actually did call. Wow. Did he know your dad because he was so did not. like radio station but, but stuff? But they may have talked about some common connections. Wow, that's pretty cool. How about that? <laughs> I, I don't believe that. <laughs> no, I it, it did. It, he, I remember that bit. Like he Right, but you can't confirm that actual Howard Stern called him. Uh I, I believe it, because I remember him talking about that on the show. I, I do believe that. It's pretty Biscaglia. Wait, that Howard up? Stern on the show talked about this? Yeah. Oh, that okay, never mind, Mike. You no. know, not our show, his own. <laughs> well, anyway, hey, Brian, we're back. <laughs> what are you doing here in this building? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> All right, so we... <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where's the dude to say white guy conversation? <laughs> this wasn't a white guy conversation. It was just boring. Had nothing to do with being white. It was my fault. <laughs> no, it was mostly mine. Don't so your daddy called Stern, or Stern called your daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, Clay what Campbell. F- was that? Yeah, that is. Yeah, right. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> uh, Clay Campbell in five minutes. Andrew Bogus right now. Boys, Greg Bird homered in game three of the ALDS last night. In the Bronx, Francisco Lindor did not. And the pitch swung on and hit in the air to right field. Judge going back. He's on the track. He's near the wall and he makes the catch. In fact, he stole a home run from Lindor. That's John Sterling. Good for John. I thought that he was going to say that it was a home run. Uh, imagine my disappointment. I yeah. couldn't wait to hit play this morning when I when I came in and he was right on it. For those who don't know, John Sterling, who has had an amazing career, his eyesight not what it used to be. 
and on situations like that where it could be a catch, it could be a home run, probably 80% of the time he gets it wrong. Right. So, uh, this so, could have been a pop of the second that became Judge at the <laughs> yeah, wall jumping. Yeah, he does a great job. He's an Iron Man. He's, right, he's a like, legend. What is he, but, 78? Which is amazing and does that he all is. nine innings. Right, every game. He doesn't every miss game. a game. Never he miss doesn't a game. miss a game. Yeah. But he does have issues with sometimes the uh, depth perception. Uh, so Judge's play last night kept the game scoreless in the sixth. In the seventh, Bird took former Yankee Andrew Miller deep for the only run of the night. Masahiro Tanaka allowed just three hits with a walk while King seven over seven Araldis Chapman got the final five outs, forcing game four tonight at 7 Eastern Cleveland. We'll start Trevor Bauer on short rest. I consider this normal rest for me. Uh, I enjoy pitching on short, I guess, what technical definition of short. But if I could draw it up personally, this is how I'd pitch every time. So, uh, yeah, I'm feeling very confident where I'm at. I believe that's Coop in the background. Tin toss win. Josh Tomlin was the scheduled starter for Cleveland. Bauer did not allow a run while striking out eight Yankees over six and two-thirds back in game one. The Astros did not close out the Red Sox yesterday afternoon, so they'll play again at Fenway 108 Eastern today. Game three for the Cubs and Nats in Chicago at four, and game three for the Dodgers and Diamondbacks in Arizona at 10, Texan star J.J. Watt suffered a tibial plateau fracture in his left leg. He's out indefinitely for now. Linebacker Whitney Mercer was reportedly done for the season with a torn pec. Mm. Both hurt on Sunday Night Football with the Chiefs. KC led that one 23-7 at halftime, but Houston got within six in the fourth. Hill will take it at the 18. First man misses. Going to the right side. Needs a block. Gets by that guy at the 30. Look out. 40-yard line. Tyreek Hill midfield. Catch it back right. 35-30. 25 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Kansas City! Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio, 82-yard punt return touchdown for Tyree Kill. Alex Smith added three touchdown passes in the 42-34 victory, which improves KC to 5-0. and Back on the injury front, Giants wideout Odell Beckham Jr. broke his left ankle in a 27-22 home loss to the Chargers. Yesterday's surgery is likely, but Beckham is seeking a second opinion first. Vikings QB Sam Bradford expected to return tonight in Chicago after missing three games with a left knee injury. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said yesterday in Shanghai, where the Warriors and T-Wolves are playing preseason games, the league is still considering seeding playoff teams just 1 through 16, but that would take overhauling the schedule so teams play each other an equal amount of time over the season. And finally, My glutes are shutting off. Martin Truex Jr. won the NASCAR race in Charlotte, clinching his spot in the next round of the postseason. That should have been NASCAR sounds. And then this. My glutes are shutting off. Because yeah. Kyle Busch's whole body was shutting off. Uh, dealt with <laughs> overheating and raised carbon Man. monoxide levels. <laughs> 45 minutes in the infield uh, health center. Didn't I pick after him? After that race. Didn't uh, I pick no. him on Friday? And you almost oh, killed yeah, you him. you did. You yeah. picked Bush. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. And he gets carbon monoxide poisoning? Yep. I mean, you pick guys. You got to go back to reading that thing, man. Because no. you pick guys that win, I pick guys that get carbon monoxide points. <laughs> but didn't you pick? Didn't you pick somebody that was like? Yeah, but that was second. That was my sleeper. Pick. Oh, you picked the dude who was in the infinity. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah just because yeah. I liked his name. <laughs> Is he okay? Did we check to make sure he's safe? Uh, yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't allowed to track this weekend. <laughs> uh, but I just had to pick some unknown dude to do well. Kiss of death. Man, really? That's really bad. I mean, this. If, this could be the worst evidence of it all. The only time that I've ever done... Well, I did it a couple other times in the past, but the first mm-hmm. time I've done it all year. Yeah, mm-hmm. solely you. Yeah. yeah. You guys... Good so job. No, got, no, no. You got it again. No, I'm not mm-hmm. doing... These uh, poor guys I'm, I'm are going to... boycotting Richard Petty and Richard Childress, man. So you're mm-hmm. boycotting. Yeah. You don't even watch racing anymore? Um, I may sneak a peek. 
So you're like the the NFL fans that are boycotting the NFL because of the anthem protests, right? Nice sneak peek. It's too much football to watch. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, and yesterday it was football and, and, and baseball, man. I don't want to start down the anthem road right now as a wait for Calais Campbell yeah. because there's a lot to dissect with that. Um, so we yeah. will save that coming we'll up. Say that. Save Jerry just... Jones. Listen, anybody? Disrespect him? <laughs> hey, they're going to be off my plantation. What he say? There it is. We started it. No, <laughs> you started it. I just said it. Because, I mean, I teased it, so I want to make sure that the listeners oh, know. I was we will, teasing, too. We will, we will get to it. That was a tease? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but Calais Campbell, and, we, and we're confident he's going to call, right, Mike? So I don't have sure to. Sure we uh, are. All right. We're confident. Yeah, I'm confident in this one. Yeah. Right. Ring, ring. Yeah. So, okay. right there. so in the mm-hmm. meantime. Uh, I want to, my, my first question are you more ecstatic about the Jaguars winning or your Hurricanes winning? Well, because that is. Miami deal, that's huge, man. Do you, want, do you want the first question? Why not? All right, yeah. sure. Well, here he is. Yo, Calais, what's happening, dog? He is Calais we Campbell. We got Calais Campbell. And he's, a, oh. he's on the Jaguars cool. now, and they had a huge win at Heinz mm-hmm. Field yesterday. Calais, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Man, life is good right now, man. Just uh, still celebrating the win a little bit. I guess uh, feeling good about the win. I'm away into the facility. Uh, grab the tape and then move on. Cool, cool. Now, were you more excited about your win on the road there at Pittsburgh or your your Hurricanes finally knocking off Florida State? Ooh, that one felt pretty good. I ain't going to lie to you. Miami, uh, you know, it's been a long time coming. We should have won the last couple of years, but I don't know what it was. But uh, it feels good to finally get one. You know, I, that's a tough one to choose from because uh, I love every time we win, but I expect to win. You know, uh, and I expect Miami to win too. So um, they both are, are quality wins. How did you make Ben Roethlisberger play so horribly yesterday? <laughs> uh, man, I think we had a great game plan. I took the head off to uh, Coach Walsh. Uh, he's a great coordinator, and uh, he put together a extremely uh, great uh, game plan. And then with the talent we have, when guys just do, uh, do what they're supposed to do, you know, uh, you don't have to take turns making plays. And our secondary, I mean, they had a field day. Well, give me something specific, though, just for it's our football nuts out there. Because, I mean, obviously he came with a great game plan and confused them, and he was terrible. There's a lot of bad throws. But was there something that you guys saw during the week that you felt like you could exploit and then did? Uh, honestly, I think, uh, you know, I mean, we switched up a little bit what we do, uh, but not uh, crazy. You know, I mean, we just played a little more uh, zone because the receivers are so so good uh, and so fast. Uh, you know, and I think, um, you know, uh, I mean, some of those zone windows, you know, I, I don't think Russ put it that our DBs are as explosive and as fast as they were. Calais, what attracted you to the Jacksonville Jaguars? You had a ton of success there at Arizona, and, and yet you go to a team that had been mired in futility. So what was the big draw? I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, it was just the talent, you know, around me. You know, I seen the young D-line that was very, very gifted. And then I seen the uh, secondary, you know, I, and, I, I, and I had a pretty good idea that, you know, Boya and Church were going to be, uh, you know, uh, head of the Jacksonville as well. So that factored into the decision. Um, but, you know, I just felt like there was, a, you know, the team was turning in the right direction. Even last year, you know, they, they played eight games that were decided by a touchdown or less. Uh, that could have went either way, you know. And uh, so, I mean, it was, the team was turning in the right direction. Gio and Jones with Calais Campbell of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big win yesterday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. How much easier is your job when you have guys like A.J. Boye and Ramsey out there and you can trust them on just about any play? Oh, way easier. 
they make uh, like especially when it comes to rushing the passer, uh, they give you extra half a second. You know, the, the extra half a second is usually a difference between a quarterback hit, a quarterback pressure, or a sack. You know, and so uh, I mean, uh, the stats that we've been able to accomplish as a, as the defensive line definitely take your hand to our, our secondary. They've done a good job. Going back to the success you've enjoyed, how do you keep this team? I know you're sitting there at three and two, so of course you can't think that you know, hey, we've arrived. But how do you keep the team with a bunch of young uh, potential superstars at even keel? You got Fortnite who goes off. You just mentioned the young guys on the defense side of the ball. So how do you keep them, you know, rowing that proverbial boat? And, and hey, we haven't arrived yet, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's pretty common. Uh, you guys know, you know uh, that. Uh, we have to show consistency. You know, we have yet to win two games back-to-back. And in the NFL, you have to be able to stack wins in order to be a good team. You know, so we have a lot that we're working towards still, you know, uh, a lot of motivation to drive us. So we should be just fine. Yeah, I mean, how does a team that kicks the piss out of the Ravens and the Steelers lose to the Jets? <laughs> we didn't execute that day, you know, and uh, it's kind of football. You know, I mean, every team is so easily matched. If you don't go out there and play a good game plan, if you don't execute your game plan, you can lose to anybody. You know, and that's got to be annoying, though, man. As well as you guys have played, are you still looking back on that film, going, "Man, I mean, that's the difference between four and one and three and two. We're we're one of the yeah. talks of the NFL, as opposed to that team that has the inconsistency label." Yeah, you know, uh, but honestly, uh, it might have been good for us uh, to happen that early because I think it's going to allow us to. You know, uh, stay more focused going forward, understanding that, you know, when we do it right, that's when we're successful. We can't just show up and win. Not that we just showed up there. I mean, we played, you know, a uh, uh, hearts out, you know, but it's, it's about being disciplined through the assignment. You know, I mean, you go out there, we're a talent, we're going to make plays and be in ball games. But if you want to win games, we have to execute. So how would you compare and contrast your former coach, Bruce Arians, out there in the desert with your current coach, Doug Marron? I, I, I've said it a couple times, they're cut from the same cloth. You know, uh, they have the same kind of mentality. Uh, you know, everything's about uh, uh, is, is what can we do to win? Game plan, uh, understanding scenarios, understanding, um, you know, the situations that we're going to face in the ball game, and uh, what we're going to need to be successful against each team. Dion Jones with Calais Campbell. How often do you see Tom Coughlin? Because I picture him as like the old grandfather that lives upstairs that you don't want to <laughs> disappoint. You know, and like when you see him, you know you might have screwed up. <laughs> No, nah, uh, he, he comes in out of me sometimes. He sits in the back, you know. Uh, he, he, he's always around. You know, you can tell he loves the game. But he just wants to be close to it. So take everyone through your schedule. You'll go in. You'll, you'll get in the facility. You'll look at the game. You'll get maybe get a light lift in, some treatment if you need it. Then you're off tomorrow. Then it's on to installation for the Rams uh, Wednesday. Yep, just like that. <laughs> oh, look, wow, amazing. Look at you, Brian. Mm. You knew his damn schedule. Damn. Well, Nothing changes. What's going to happen next year for Clay? Let's see. Uh, now, my Mondays <laughs> include a massage. Uh, you go see the chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. And then go find some fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, after a win like that, there's a lot of fun to be found. Clay, thanks for the time this morning. Congrats on the win. Best of luck the rest of the way. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All All right. Right. That's Calais Campbell of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a great win for them, man. Mondays are great when you get a win like that, man. You it's, go in there, you know, aches don't hurt as much as they normally would. And you film session, you're sitting in there, and you're like, Psh, this is going to be cool. Coach not calling you out for anything. Yeah. Yeah, you'll run through that, and then you got to put it in the back of your mind. That one's over. It's on to the next one. All right, coming up next, we will talk some of the 
anthem stuff from yesterday as you thought that maybe it was dying down a little bit. Well, a whole new chapter was written yesterday. We're coming right back. Keep up with the latest on the show on Twitter at Geo and Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. In Indianapolis, they were honoring Peyton Manning, and there were some old teammates that were coming back before the Colts 49ers game. And also there was Mike Pence, who, of course, uh, knows that state. He Former was, governor. Right. He was, uh, he was up in the box. And the 49ers have been probably the most what word committed to the anthem. Mm-hmm. And I hate saying anthem, anthem protest. Because it's not an anthem right, protest. It's, but, right. But the protest is during the national anthem. Right. I should put it that way. Uh, so Mike Pence was there. There was a tweet, a picture of him from three years ago that was tweeted out saying, you know, can't wait to to see Peyton Manning here. He had his Colts hat on, all of that. And then a big press release comes out after the 49ers do their thing in, in kneeling, saying that, you know, I stand with President Trump. We had a conversation about if this is going to happen, I'm going to leave. And uh, he said, while everyone is entitled to their own opinions, I don't think it's too much to ask NFL players to respect the flag no. and our national anthem. Uh, I stand with Trump. I stand with our soldiers. We'll always stand for yeah, our flag yeah, 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 and yeah, our yeah. national anthem. So, you know, this now gets ratcheted up Here we go again. once again, yeah, wrapping yourself in the flag, make, making this about the soldiers, not about disrespecting soldiers, not about disrespecting the flag. It's not about disrespe- disrespecting the anthem. This is a, this is a, another way to, to deflect what the real issue is, and that's all he's doing. It was a publicity stunt. For, for Pence, and that's it. Flew from the West Coast all the way to Indianapolis, then flew back to the West Coast. This was a straight-up PR stunt, and all those folks who keep deriding these athletes, all oh, their ungrateful millionaires, as as if those jobs were get it, given to them, they were handed out to them. Well, they, how are they ungrateful? Supposed to just be blind to anything that's happening in larger society just because you happen to play a, a, a game which pays pretty well? Uh, if you're poor, you're the only ones who can can get out and and and, and protest. Uh, I mean, this is just a dumb argument by those who don't want to see the see the perspective from which these players are coming from. And here's another example: no one's disrespecting military, no one's disrespecting the flag. And for this dude to wrap himself in the flag now, he's ultra patriotic. That's a bunch of bull, Duke, and he knows it. Get the f- out of here with that bull. I mean, this is now just going around and around That's and around, and, and nothing will ever nothing will ever change because there's always been a double standard in this country, and there always will be a double standard in this country when it comes to the racial divide. Always will be. There will be certain folks, you know, if these guys were out there with their tiki torches marching through Charlottesville, what would you be saying? You know, they're not. And they're not disrespecting the damn anthem, the flag, nor the military. Some of these guys have lost loved ones in our military. And, and all these cats want to talk about disrespecting the military. What happened to those dudes who went and fought for liberation in Europe, black folks, and then came back here and still had to use the back door, still had to sit at the back of the bus, still spat on, dog sicked on them. You weren't worried about the damn military then. You know, those who fought during the Civil War. What happened? Were they disrespected when they fought for the North and still had to live under Jim Crow? Were they disrespected? You don't want to bring up that history, do you? So sick of this bull... 
argument that, that people would hide behind. And they know it's not about the damn flag. They know it's not about the anthem. They know it's not about disrespecting our military. But that's the cover they choose to use. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing where it's it, it makes it harder to argue when you put that out in front because I mean, and and that's it's it's being used in the wrong way. And and also, Mike Pence does not have a great history of, of equal rights too for everybody. If you look, you check back and and what what he's done, he's hid behind the Bible to basically um, you know tell people who are not straight that they're not equal. Go so pray to gay out of you. So I mean, that's yeah, whatever. Those are the facts. So I mean, it's it's just it's it's funny what some people decide is is okay and what what they don't, and unfortunately, this is the situation that we're in. Uh, Jerry Jones, who spoke to President Trump, has now said that if he has a player on his team that does not stand for the national anthem, he will not play in that game. So that puts his players and his his black players is his. his is famous and star black players in a you know a really really tough spot, but I mean I don't expect anybody to disobey Jerry Jones in in this particular instance. And but I'd love to see what would happen if if Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott took a knee. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to. See, I mean, this is a guy who's given flat out criminals jobs and has not cared about what they've done in the past in order to win a football game. And is he going to do the same thing if a guy takes a knee for the national anthem, or is he going to stick by that? I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love lo- to see that. I'd love to find out as well. I'd love for one of them to, to do that. And Dak Prescott has been on the record as saying, well, the grand birther in the White House can say whatever he wants, and that's the right. And, and these players should be able to protest in the manner in which they, they choose to protest. And, and, and so, you know, it's a private ent- uh, entity. That's a private team, and, and if, if that's part of your – your your workplace rules say that, but the NFL does not mandate that you stand during the national anthem. And once again, we didn't even we were never even out there for the national anthem when I played in the league. The Department of Defense paid the NFL to have the players out there, and that's why over the last six, seven, uh, eight years they've been out there for the national anthem. And it's it's interesting you bring that up because in the rule book there is something that says you know this. Players much stand at attention for the national anthem, but the NFL's come out after that and said that they're not no. going to enforce this, and they are with the players being able to express themselves. It's just, you know, it's just one of these diversions now that is it's an unhealthy diversion, is is what this is. I mean, there's so many things that we could be spending energy on and talking about, trying to fix all of us, not just people of power. And now we're going around right. and around with this stuff. And, it, you know, basically what I've seen many times from a playbook is let's make a big deal out of this thing to get people talking and then we can do whatever we want behind the scenes well, and nobody pays attention to it. And that's what happens and has been happening throughout our history when we have issues like this. You deflect and, and you 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 point towards something else instead of sitting there and addressing the real issue that is the main reason for the discussion. And, and so that happens all the damn time. And, and so we're never going to get past this perceived disrespecting of the military and the flag when there are many in the military who are on the side with Colin Kaepernick. You had it right here, many in law enforcement here with Colin Kaepernick. I mean, it, it's just amazing that you know we can't see the forest for the trees. And uh, I'm not surprised. Throughout our history, that's what has happened. You, you sit there and you denigrate and 
demonized those who were fighting for equality, whether it was Marcus Garvey, whether it was Malcolm X. Now, oh, the Black Lives Matter movement, they're terrorists. How many churches have they bombed? Uh, How many lynches have they been a part of? You know, but that's what you get from the other side because they don't want to deal with the real issue. Jason LaConfora, who we've had on this show many times, had a report on the NFL Today talking about Colin Kaepernick that somehow, I mean, I was just so confused about because then there were reports about the report and then there were denials about this. And I I mean, I don't know what in the hell came out of this thing. But uh, basically, so James Brown introduces Jason LaConfora on the NFL Today and says that Jason LaConfora had sat down, excuse me, sat down for an extended period of time with Colin Kaepernick, which was not the case. Apparently, he ran into him in a hotel lobby somewhere and had this conversation with him but I guess what came out of this was you know he does want to work out for teams he does want to play and also he would stand during the the anthem which is something that he he said before now apparently that was Jason Lockenfor was not part of his new report that he had when he spoke to Colin Kaepernick but rather he was using what Adam Schefter said months ago when right. he said, if I sign for a team, then I'll, I'll stand for the anthem. So it wasn't part of this new thing. But here's one thing that, I mean, I believe that Colin Kaepernick should be in the league. I believe he wants to play. I don't believe that he's asking for a whole boatload of money. I don't think that he's not being signed because he wants to start and he wants money. However, the whole message of where he's coming from gets lost when we're not we're hearing it from Jason LaConfor in a hotel lobby or his girlfriend on Twitter. You know, that's one thing I'd like to hear is Colin Kaepernick state these things so these people can stop making excuses for why he's not in the league. They're not going to stop making excuses no matter what he It'll says. It'll help, though. It's not going to help, G. They, they have their mind made up. We know he wants to play. We know he can still it play. It makes it easier for them to have those arguments well, when you don't hear it from He He wants to play, and he, he, he went and met with the, the Seattle Seahawks prior to the season. And you know he wants to play, and and that's. I it. know but he wants to play. I want everybody else to. They to, know he wants to play. They just don't want him to play, and they're going to come up with every day. What excuses did you? Oh, he can't read a defense. Oh, he can't do that. Oh, so what? He threw sixteen touchdowns and only had four interceptions. The, look at his record as a starting quarterback. I'd I like mean, to hear from him. I would because I, I I just at this point it's impossible. I mean, to to decipher what's what. It's just very. I don't know. This is one. This is turning into now one of these stories that just flat out bums me out. Now you know, it really does. It flat out it bum it bums me out. It it doesn't me because if you know our history, it's just repeating itself. This is what happens, and it's always been an arduous task. It's always been difficult and tough to fight for equality, and some don't see it. They can't see it from my black eyes. They can't see it from the other black person's perspective. But it's our reality, and we'll deal with it, and, and we won't give up. Coming up next, Joe Theismann is going to join us to talk about Week 5 in the NFL and another unbelievable performance, even though it wasn't a loss, from Deshaun Watson, who is a superstar in the making. How about Cam? And Cam is back in a big way. Gio and Jones coming right back. CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.